This is Don't Forget the Small Stuff, and today we're talking about The Fugitive. I didn't watch the movie. I don't care! <laughs> Just complete silence. Tumbleweed. Welcome to Don't Forget the Small Stuff, the podcast that celebrates the overlooked and forgotten little moments in films. I'm Jess, and with me today is Andy. Hey. And Chris. Hey. My voice went really high then. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you were getting excited. <laughs> yeah. You can find us online at smallstuffcast.com. We are at smallstuffcast on X. Well done. Formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can contact us using email at smallstuffcast.com. And our music is by Skeleton King. Find more of Skeleton King's work by following the link in the show notes. Gentlemen, The Fugitive is today's movie. How are we feeling about this movie? Chris? Oh, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Yeah? Um, I've got uh, I've got kind of an interesting relationship with this movie. Um, so uh, when, I, when it first came out, I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. And... Wait. You're now going to say you love I, it, like me. It's like Aliens. It's great. And well, here's no, what's wrong so with it. What happened was, uh, so when this movie was marketed before it was actually in the theaters, I remember like the tagline for the movie was like a non, like a, a runaway train of action or something. That yeah, did. yeah. And so I went into the movie thinking this was going to be like a Schwarzenegger movie or a, like a, just a nonstop action movie. And I got instead this kind of cerebral thriller. It's got some quiet moments. And I walked out being like, what the heck was that? Yeah. 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 And then I watched it like a second time after it came out on video and watched it and was just like, oh my God, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably the biggest 180 I've ever taken on a movie. Yeah. Great. Well, but, uh, do you still think it's one of the best movies you've ever seen? It's it's not it's not a candidate for my top ten. Like no. if I made I told I said on our top ten pod that there's probably fifty movies that would go in my yeah, top yeah. ten. This would be one of them. But I, this movie's awesome. Yeah, no, I feel the same uh, way. If I may, I, I do have a little bit of background on the movie that I I just like to share briefly. Go. Um, so <clears throat> the movie, of course, is based on a TV show, an American TV show. Um, and a few years ago, I read a, a true crime book and. They had a chapter on the the actual crime that the TV show was based on, mm-hmm. an actual crime where a, a, a doctor's wife was murdered and there was a suspect and that he said did it. Anyway, uh, according to the book, uh, Dr. Kimball was almost certainly guilty. Okay. And um, the popularity of the TV show basically made it impossible for them to ever get a fair trial. And so he... I think he was finally convicted. The crime happened in the 50s. I think he was finally convicted in the 70s in civil court. Wow. Uh, but he was never found guilty of the crime, which they say he almost for sure did. It's, it seems like a little bit of an oversight to produce a work of fiction based on a real-life crime before the crime had been uh, you know, taken to court. It seems like a bit of a mistake. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a misjudgment. What about you? What's your What's your take on this in general, Andy? Um, I I went to see this in the movies as well, and then I'm 
I forgot about it for like 15 years, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I can't remember what prompted me to rewatch it, but I, I've watched it like three times now in the last kind of six months, I suppose, for various reasons. Uh, it's flipping brilliant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know why I didn't really have any um, desire to rewatch it. Maybe, you know, going through a phase. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. We've watched it. We have a family movie night when we can on a Saturday. Um, and uh, I forced the kids to watch this one. And they love it. I feel similarly. You know, I saw it in the, in the cinema and enjoyed it. So I didn't have quite the same reaction as you, Chris, but I enjoyed it. But I wouldn't have gone, oh, yeah, mm. that's that's a classic. But I think it is now. I think I must have gone through a phase of, you know, watching things like American Pie mm. and thinking that was what I wanted to entertain myself with. Mm. Uh, there must have, like I say, going through a phase. I think my interests and um, desires to want to watch something which required an element of concentration and thought kind of went out the window probably when I was at university. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe if Shannon Elizabeth was trying to solve the murder of her husband, you would have been more interested. Almost certainly, yeah. Yeah. I also just want to say real quickly, too, that watching this movie also makes me a little nostalgic because I know we're going to sound like grumpy old men here, but um, they just don't make movies like this anymore. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of clarify? Can you kind of quantify what that is? Well, either it's an all-out, you know, $200 million superhero-type story blockbuster or it's a small indie film. They, this mid-level, we've got a, a huge bankable movie star, and we're going to put money into this to make it look good and make the stunts mm. impressive. But um, those movies just don't get made anymore. It's just one or the other. Either you're making a, a blockbuster or you're making it small. Yeah, It's interesting because for me, um, you're absolutely right. It hits this sweet spot where it feels almost feels one of the most real movies I've ever seen, right? There's no bells and whistles, but everything is done to such a high level. The lighting is great. The the incidental behavior of the characters is fantastic. The incidental lines just feel natural. Um, it, it is so, I won't say unique, but for the movies I've watched in the last, like, 12 to 18 months, it feels so grounded in reality. Mm. Um, yeah. I, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's not... <laughs> I don't know the, if this is the right term, but it's not dramatized. I mean, it is a drama and a thriller, but it's not, they don't overplay anything. You know, it's all right. relatively, uh, maybe apart from the f- fact that he shoots, um, Gerard shoots his gun in the middle of the courthouse when there's people all around, um, when he, he shoots into the glass. That might be the only bit that's mm-hmm. kind of a bit Hollywood. Everything else right. seems pretty down to earth and unspectacular but all combines oh and the the crash but actually you know that's a pretty good crash it's like Mm. i think a train would do that if it hits bus right well and the the thing about i mean they they really did that crash Mm. Mm -hmm. that's not the cgi didn't exist at the time to do that yeah so they crashed a train into a bus it was and i don't know how true this is but apparently it was cheaper to do that by an old locomotive and smack it into an old bus than it was to actually do the miniatures and all the post prod around it at the time because i think it cost like twenty two thousand to buy this old locomotive okay. so the story was uh, yeah. i was reading so it actually it worked out brilliantly because it was cheaper and better yeah let's dive into the small stuff i think we all have something to say about the credits can i go first to the pod the opening credits 
wow. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk about they don't make them like they used to. Like, those are some amazing opening credits. The the rotating names mm-hmm. and the searchlight in the in their names and the 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 music and the kind of the the noises that just it, they're epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the point I was going to make about it is they they kick off the story immediately, so it keeps swapping. You see the, the essentially kind of little vignettes of the murder, mm. um, so it sets the scene almost immediately. Uh, which I, I think is brilliant. I'm, I'm sure it's not unique, but it seems such an obvious way. There's no time uh, wasting. No, no, they just mm. get into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, again, when you watch these films through an academic eye, you just take these things for granted. But it's such a such a clever mechanism to get things moving immediately. Mm. I liked it. Mm. Um, we've had the debate before about when did they figure out credits? Because we've done some movies with some pretty bad opening credits. Yeah. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is the dividing line. Don't go on about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation again, just because you don't like the song. <laughs> well, I think Christmas Vacation came after this, believe it or not. They had figured it out by then. And then <laughs> still got it wrong. <laughs> um, the, the, what I wanted to say about the opening credits here is um, it's so fun when you watch an older movie like this, and I'd seen it before, and then the credits are rolling by. Mm. And Julianne uh, Moore's name pops up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Julianne Moore. I didn't know that was Julianne Moore when I yeah. watched the movie the first time. But she's in this movie, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think her role was meant to be bigger. That was um, yeah. something on a video I watched the other day, that I, the details of which I've now forgotten. But, uh, yeah, I think there was a rewrite at some point, and her role was supposed to be bigger. But, yeah, she's in it. And there's a lot of recognizable faces in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what your comment about the the credits and how they just sort of get into the the action straight away i mean basically the murder has happened yeah. and you know the the final credit hasn't even rolled you know they they're straight in there's no wasting time yeah you know, like they don't yeah. need to set the scene yeah. the scene is set in the opening credits um which i think is great there's a quote that my boss Neil, the photographer, always talks to me about when we take, you're taking photos is you you capture the decisive moment, right? And so that's what you want the the timing of the shutter of the camera to time be coin, coincide with the decisive moment on whatever it is you're photographing. Okay, I'm sure I don't know my my art history, but I'm sure it's a a line from a famous photographer. Anyway, talking about the opening credits, there's a moment when Sykes, we don't know it's Sykes at the time, but she gets shot, right? Sykes shoots, uh, is it Helen, Kimball's mm-hmm. wife? Mm-hmm. And that's the first time they have like the, um, it kind of goes to negative and it kind of makes almost like a camera shutter noise. And I like that because that's the decisive moment. And it's the mm-hmm. first time they use that effect and it is the moment where everything changes for mm-hmm. the Kimballs when she gets shot. And so, yeah, and then they use that, like, the negative thing a few times later on. But um, the first use is the what I would consider to be the decisive moment, which I quite like. I wanted to talk um, very briefly, and Marla, when I was watching it with her the other day, she said, because um, the news reporter is standing outside of Kimball's house talking about what's happened. And, um, and then later on in the film, the news reporters are in it again later on. And Marla said, oh, hey, that's one of the Chicago 
news people from when I was living there. And, oh, yeah, and that one's one of the Chicago people as well. So the the, the reporters are all real um, real Chicago news anchors. Do you know, I was watching it this morning, uh, and I thought to myself, I wonder if that guy is actually a legit reporter, because he was brilliant at yeah. it. Yeah. Right? He's, like, really good at it. Yeah. And um, I had that thought, so it's just nice to have that confirmed. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, I've, if I'd done any research whatsoever, I'd be able to tell you his name, but I don't know it. So there you have it. So you quite rightly said, Chris, that actually keeping track of this film uh, in a chronological order is quite tricky because it's all over the place with flashbacks and, and dream sequences and what, what have you. So um, we are going to do our best. Uh, but you wanted to say something, Chris, about the um, the party scenes or at least the flashback to the party and that well, whole thing. During that whole time when they're flashing back. So then when they get to the point where they're driving home in the car. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, Kimball gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to the younger listeners of our pod, <laughs> you you can't understand how cool that. Like to see this movie back when it came out and be like, he has a phone in the car. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, they this were and like... they were like actual phones, weren't they? You had a mm-hmm. like a in the central yes. console, you had a a phone with a cord. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, might have been like forget about any special effect from any you know any kind of uh 300 million dollar action movie a, a phone in the car all right you know this is this is high tech stuff here. this <laughs> yeah. is impressive yeah he's not a drug dealer and he has a phone in the car yeah 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 amazing mm-hmm. there's another harrison ford film from the similar era uh, that they have a car phone pa- uh, patriot games because mm-hmm. um there's a, a car accident on the highway and uh, he, I think his wife's on the car phone at that point. Anyway, yeah, sorry. It just reminded me of Harrison Ford on a car phone. Yeah, he's an agent in, of some description there, though, yeah, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. So. You just have to be like really high up in the government or one of the world's best surgeons yeah. to get the level mm-hmm. of car on the phone status. Yeah. Andy, did you want to say something about the interrogation scene? Yeah, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Really? I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mind you, I'll say that again in a, mm-hmm. like 20 minutes probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so well done. Uh, I, I read, it's funny, I wrote all my notes and then I read later that it was mostly improvised. Like Ford didn't actually know the questions he was going to be asked. He just um, knows the character. He just knows yeah. how the character's feeling yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And the, the dude who plays Rosé was actually a so, cop at the time, I think. Oh, my God. Um, it's, oh, I love it so much. The, the delivery of the line, um, how dare you, when mm-hmm. he's accused basically accused of killing his wife mm-hmm. um, it's exceptional you're saying that I crushed her skull and that I shot her how dare you when I came home there was a man in my house I fought with this man uh-huh. he had a mechanical arm you find this man you find this man how tall is he? How from me. Oh, Jesus. What, what do you weigh? God! What color was his hair? What color were his eyes? has so much weight and feeling to that line. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. Um, and uh, there's a bit about the questioning uh, when Rossetti, at the end, he's just, he's just firing questions at him and yeah. Ford's not answering. Yeah, so Kimball's not answering at all. He's got his head in his hands. 
uh, and it's just a machine gun of questions. What color his eyes? How tall was he? Or mm-hmm. you know, how heavy was he? Uh, brilliant. So uh, I just wanted to point out that that scene is epic. So I considered. I mean, I agree. I'd written down "How dare you" mm-hmm. as a as a thing to mention because, as you say, that line delivery is outstanding. I think Ford, in general, in this film, is understatedly great. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, but yeah, um, I wrote down later on as well for um, Monsieur Mendel. I did briefly toy with the idea of um, picking Rossetti as a uh, favorite incidental character because mm-hmm. he, like he says, uh, what arm did he have the little gimmick <laughs> or something like that? Talking about Is the he guy's Irish? Pres- Is he Irish? No. <laughs> he, I was trying to do a really bad Chicago oh. accent. Shut up. Well, Sorry. you succeeded. But he calls, he calls it his, his little gimmick. It's a prosthetic arm. Yeah, yeah gimmick. Officer Rossetti. Have some respect for this, this fictional, what you think is a fictional one-armed man. Mm-hmm. The, we then get the, the courtroom scene. Chris. Okay, so I've, I've got a bunch of stuff here to say. So, mm-hmm. um, first of all, little, um, there's a great little foreshadowing moment um, when, they, when they're, they flash back to him performing a surgery mm-hmm. during the trial. And somebody says, we paged Lentz. Yeah, he didn't answer, mm-hmm. and um, wait. So is that because he's dead? Mm. Yeah, because um, as we find out later on, obviously he, that, that he was murdered. So mm-hmm. um, that little line dropped in there really stood out to me. Um, the other thing that kind of this goes back to Andy, your comment just a moment ago. Uh, so it's in- interesting to me to find out that those are real police officers. By the way, this movie's almost like a documentary. It's got real news people, real mm-hmm. police officers, a real train crash, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, I can't believe real police officers would, would agree to be in this movie because they come off terrible. Yeah, yeah, they movies. don't come across well. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my question I kind of wanted to pose to you guys is uh, who do you place more blame on? The jury falling for this nonsense or for the cops for not doing their job? Mm, I go with the cops. Um, there's that scene when just whilst the interrogation is going on, there's guys behind the scenes again and some forensics through and they've made their mind up at that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, look, so the, in the, in the interrogation scene, right, there's, they go, the guy comes through and says, oh, the reports come through his fingerprints, his fingerprints are all over the lamp, the gun and the bullets, I think he says. Well, the lamp. He They're his. There. They're his lamp. <laughs> yeah, his bullets, his yeah. gun. Of course, his fingerprints are going to be all over it. But they basically say book him because of that. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> now, I don't know yeah. the, the complexities and the advancements of uh, forensics, but I would have thought that they would have been able to find some evidence of some other person being in that. I know he was probably wearing gloves. Fibres? Glove. Well, yeah, hair, something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Again, maybe I've watched too many crime shows mm. on tv but um it seemed a bit slack that their inve- investigation just took what appeared to be uh circumstantial evidence yeah. and just said ah it's him then, the, isn't it? the killer though is her on the phone right like in terms of case closed her on right. the phone saying he's trying to kill me richard richard he's trying to kill me that's that's the yeah she made the, a mistake saying his name yeah but i feel like there so was we're like saying a, it's her fault probably we victim I mean, blaming i think there's a comma He's trying to kill me, yeah. comma, dot, 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 yeah. Richard, uh, yeah. help. Maybe. Better, better punctuation. But I think, you know, I guess when you're about to die. Yeah, yeah but, but Rich, 
maybe I would I would be all right with that, Jess. Except for Richard was able to solve the case. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where it's coming from. Police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like it's it's not that hard, is it, to to do the things he did? And he was doing it in secret. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't have access to anything. One more thing. I, I mean, um, I, I don't want to re- derail this at all, but it is at the end of the trial scene. They mm. show the the phone conversation we've just we've just um, she mm. dials nine one one. Yeah, and then the killer kills the call. Yeah. Why is he letting her do that? He must was he stood there waiting for her to finish and say everything. Oh, I'll put the phone mm. down now. I don't get it. I don't Wait, get that bit. Waiting for him to incri- waiting for her to incriminate Richard. But it's conveniently. not like she's hold- he's holding a script for her to go through no, I know, a I knife know. point and say, "Please say his name." <laughs> I don't. I didn't really understand that part. I agree. His, his hand comes in and presses the button as if, "Right now, you've done it." Yeah, it's weird. Might. Yeah, agreed. So then I have one last little uh, thing that I just want to mention. This is definitely a small stuff. Uh, well, you're in the right Richard- place, Chris. Yes, that's right. When Richard gets home. Uh, when uh, his, he's about to go upstairs and find his wife mm-hmm. and the one-armed man, uh, he comes in the door and he yells out, who won the game? Yes. Um, what? What? What game? <laughs> no one referenced a game at all. No one referenced the game? And it, you left the party early because she wanted to watch the Warriors? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it would be the Bulls, just so we're clear. It wouldn't be the Warriors. It would be the Bulls. Well, oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah, come on. Okay. So anyway, yeah, like there's sudden family interest in this yeah. mysterious well, game. She very romantically says, "I'll wait up for you," but she didn't get a chance to finish that sentence. What she meant was, "I'll wait up for you." It'll give me a chance to watch the second half of the Bulls Knicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then the 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 centerpiece of the film. Maybe I don't know if it's not the centerpiece of the film, but you know what I mean. The um. The transfer, the bus crash, the train crash. First thing was just a minor thing. When they're getting onto the bus, I find it they're they're kind of the prison and the police officers and the prison guys are, are slightly insulting to the, the the guys, and you can understand that they're reprobates, mm-hmm. right? But the guy, and I don't know his name, I recognise the actor, um, the mustachioed guy mm-hmm. who tries to pull off Aswan on his story. He insists on calling them gentlemen. Yeah, I don't think they are. <laughs> Actually, I don't, he's very it's, polite. It's ironic. It's an ironic gentleman. He doesn't come across like that, I no. think. But anyway, um, I, that was... Um, so that guy, he the only other film I've, I have seen him in other things, but the only other film that I can remember him being in is Office Space. And he's the guy that right. invents the um, jump to conclusions mat. Yeah, It's a mat mm-hmm. with conclusions written on it that you can jump to. Yep, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. And the yeah. other the other point I wanted to make about this is it's as the crash is going on, and this is a a movie trope I want to attack because I think it's stupid. Mm. Right? When something is typically something is crashing and it's coming towards you, why do people run directly away? Just not, go to, the, to side. the side. Go to the side. I I hate it. I think in this instance he probably made the right choice because I, I think I that it... train, the cars are spreading out, getting wider. And like, I, th- I think running to the side would, I don't know, maybe it's instinct run away from danger. Like literally looking behind him yeah, and yeah. running and looking behind him. I mean, he's, he's going to go faster than you. Should we try it? Should we figure it out? Um, I'll, I'll get something coming towards you really fast and see what works best for go you. Go out in the, the street after this and run the same direction as a car that's catching you and see mm. if you win. No, I think that's fair. 
Let's give it a go. Anyway, that was the point I wanted to make. I think it's silly. It probably looks better on film, right? Yes. Because you can shoot from, from head on. Yeah, what's the alternative? I mean, you could, you know, stand there and wait and then dive out of the way at the last minute. Anyway. <laughs> Chris? The only, the only thing I wanted to say here was uh, that, so we're 15 minutes into the movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's still credits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, the, yeah, like we've just had the what I just called the centerpiece of the film. Yeah, because yeah. I think you see there's some credits when they they cut to the the hospital, I think, and they're still, um, mm. yeah, it's in the day, isn't it? So the yeah. morning after the crash. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. The credits go on for quite a while. I like that. They don't make them like they used to. They don't <laughs> make them like that now. Um, I I just wanted to mention that he tells Copeland to be good. And Copeland gives him a knowing smile. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's good after that. I don't think. He I don't think Copeland what, has done what he says. What is being good for Copeland? Yeah. No, well, I mean we don't know what his crime was. That's true. It's probably terrible. I don't know. Maybe Copeland's just in love. Maybe he just returns to his girlfriend and treats her well and says, "I've learned my lesson, baby." And maybe he was good. Okay. And then you take a U.S. what U.S. marshal hostage. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to take him away from his love. Okay. I'll see though. I will get onto it. Yeah. I'll see. Okay. <laughs> then there's the scene. So we meet sort of, is it the first time we meet Gerard when he, they show up at the train crash? I think it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? Because that's. And then he has his great monologue about, every, I want you to search every outhouse, hen house, and whatever he says. Um, so he says, and this is something that I have I refer to regularly when I'm trying to figure out how long it will take me to get somewhere or how long it might take someone to get. I don't know. Anytime someone's walking somewhere, uh, average speed is four miles an hour. I use that metric today. And it, I, I, it is always thanks to uh, Deputy Gerard. <laughs> this is whenever you're tracking somebody, I assume. Anytime, you know, average foot speed over uneven ground is four miles an hour. There you go. Yeah, that's it's a metric I use, not very often, but you know, if I need to walk somewhere, I can And then I think, well, that's probably not right because Richard Kimball's running, and I won't be running. I'll be walking. I mean, I, yes, four miles an hour is infused into my mind. I feel yeah. like it, I've it's got there via osmosis by some. Maybe it was this movie. I don't know. Yeah. So. This scene includes just one of my very favorite movie tropes, and that's when somebody is so wrong, mm-hmm. yet so cocky, mm-hmm. and the local police are so sure that they've got this thing handled, and Gerard's mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, another like example being Die Hard, right? Yeah. Oh, he- with uh, with the guy with the boyfriend. What's his name? Well, the, so the guy that's running the investigate, like. Oh they, yeah, the, they understand the terrorists, what's yeah. going on, and they ignore the good advice that they get. Oh, what so Agent high. Johnson and Special Agent Johnson? Yes, that, that's right. No yeah. relation. They know what they're doing. They're not going to listen to anybody else. Yeah. The small town cop in this one is he—he he knows exactly what's happened here. He doesn't need any help from Gerard. Yeah, I love it when they're just super cocky, and then you find out. Oh, when he gets put in his place, and he takes his anger out on the on the guy, the guy from Office Space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who does deserve also? We'll get to him later, though. Well, okay, so there is... Um, 
I, there's a continuity error at that point, and it bothers me so much because <clears throat> he's being the, the, the guard, mustachioed guard, is talking about uh, something. He says, he's my partner. He would have done it for me. And the guy goes, oh, you're a hero. So we are assuming that they are referring to the fact that he is now claiming claiming that he saved his partner, mm-hmm. right? We don't find, they don't find the partner until the next day or later on. They go, we got a live one. So they, who is he talking about? Who is he saved? Because they don't know that his partner is alive. I think he's probably hoping he's dead. <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. Because otherwise, they find him alive, and that's his story's gone. So, are you saying he's telling? Not only is he telling them that Richard Kimball died, he's also telling them that uh, he managed to somehow get his partner out of the bus. Yeah, but we, we, but he's probably dead. Oh no, he didn't make it. I tried. Yeah. Look, I'm a hero. Mm. I think that, that's how I took it. Okay. Um, I have to go back and rewatch it. I, I, I was going to say that, isn't he just assuming that if his partner and Kimball weren't on the bus that Kimball must have got him out. Yeah, I guess. But then why say anything? Then why why say that you rescued him when you have no idea whether you did or not? You know, they might. (laughs) It's flimsy. I I agree. I just think it's, you know, know, that happens all the time in films, doesn't it? You know, they they have one plan and they record a scene and then the plan changes and, you know, whatever. It's fine. All right. I'm I'm, I'm back to hating this movie. (laughs) There we go. Normal service is resumed. Yeah. Uh, what about the scene in the hospital when he um, when he steals that poor guy's clothes, his breakfast, his mm. wallet? Yeah, so <laughs> we see uh, Kimball cut his beard off initially mm. with scissors, mm-hmm. and that makes me wince because he's he's quite aggressively doing so, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and um, that made me think about any potential murder. Uh, or any potential male murderer, right? They've. Should we all just grow beards in mm, case we are accused? Yeah, I figure. So everyone who's got a beard is potentially suspicious, and everyone who hasn't got a beard is hiding something. That's the way I'm reading it okay. because it happens quite often, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, I feel change like we, everybody should grow a beard just in case you have to change it. Because is there an easier way of disguising yourself? So what you're saying is if uh, in this scenario, everybody will have beards. Yeah. And then when you see some without, someone without mm. a beard, you're like, well, they've yeah, it's like a you. mark. It's like a, yeah. like a prisoner tattoo on mm. your arm or something. No, oh, they're if hiding you, something. If you haven't got a beard, you are hiding something. Okay. I got another one yeah. for you, Andy, because, uh, you know, obviously as a podcast, people can't see us, but Andy has blonde hair. I would think that's easy <laughs> to dye. That's very kind of you to say that Andy has blonde hair. I, it's mm, yeah, it's more it's more grey than blonde. But thank okay. you. Uh, no, no, I'll take blonde. Uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Thank so you. So you could do a dye job on. See, I think Jess's hair would be hard to dye a different color. Yeah. I did go. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but go he on. dyes his hair, and it doesn't really look a great deal of difference, does it? No, it doesn't do no. much for him. No, no it. it <laughs> I don't. Don't bother, mate. I did. I did want to say for something really nice about the scene where he does. He cuts his beard off with the scissors. That he gives a little face just as he's about to do it. It's like, oh well, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a little <laughs> kind of like a recognition of so long beard. You know, we've had a good life together. And then he cut it. He cuts it off. It's nice. It's a nice little touch, I think. Yeah. 
It was a good beard. It was a good yeah. beard. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah. I have something to say about this scene, by mm-hmm. the way. Go. And and this is kind of just this is almost like your continuity error. Except for this isn't a continuity error. This is a choice made by the people that made the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kimball's a genius, right? Yep. He's he's one of the top surgeons in the world. We see later on throughout the movie, he's just an incredible problem solver. He manages to solve a crime while he's on the run from the law. Is stealing the ambulance might be the dumbest move I've ever <sighs> seen an escape. Like, you, what's the surest way to get caught? Why don't I steal the most obvious getaway vehicle okay. you could possibly be in? Yeah. Why? No, so I... Um... No, I completely agree. I, I, this morning I was thinking, why Why are you doing that? It's okay. the single stupidest thing he does. So I had a thought, two thoughts about that, because I kind of agree. I just don't want to admit it, but I kind of agree. So first of all, he's been recognized. He knows he's been recognized. So hanging around the hospital or walking away from the hospital relatively slowly won't cut it. Four miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but you get Michael Drift, right? They're, he knows there's a patrolman in the hospital already. Um, and so he's got to get out of there quick, right? Oh, Hey, there's a vehicle here with keys that I can agreed. It's an ambulance, but at this point, he's just like, I got to get away. Oh, there's something in here that I can get away with quickly. And also when he's driving and there's a like traffic jam or there's a train, you can get through that by putting the sirens on and off you go make yourself even more yeah but that's 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 where it all falls down. <laughs> I'm here over here guys that's where it all falls down i agree but um it was you know what's the alternative in that situation what else is he going to do not steal an ambulance and do what come on you, you got to follow this through now chris walk away at four miles an hour <laughs> I, i'm not saying that's a good option <laughs> I'm saying he took the only worse option available <laughs> was to steal an ambulance. So let, let's let's just play it out a little bit. Let's say he mm. doesn't steal the ambulance and, and runs away um, to a back alley, right, and hides or steals a car or something. Um, their only witness to this is a guy who's probably at this point heavily medicated mm. or perhaps even in surgery. Mm. And they might not be able to talk to him for more than a couple of minutes. They're not going to get much from him, are they? Okay. I, I, I think... Yeah, it's just it's a dumb move. Okay, you're right. You're both right. Agreed. Let's ha, move on. That will show say, you. We'll we'll say no more about it. <laughs> this ends obviously with. It's a great movie because I was going to say the most famous scene in the movie, but that train crash is so amazing too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the confrontation between him and Gerard at the end of the that drain pipe. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I hate to say this following up on the ambulance critique, but no. I, huh? you, you, no. Just no. Like, you can't you can't solve your problem of, well, how are we going to get him out of this now? He's at the, by having him jump out of the drain pipe. That's... So, here's here's my example. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Monty Python movie called Life of Brian. Of I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in Life of Brian, the main character Brian is on the run from the Roman... <laughs> centurions and he runs up to the top of a tower and they're up running up the tower behind him and he jumps off the tower and he lands on a spaceship and these Mm. aliens in the spaceship fly him off to space an animated spaceship yes (laughs) and they get into a space battle and then in the space battle the spaceship gets shot down 
and it crashes next to the tower, and then he gets out and runs away and escapes from the centurions. Are you going to say this is more believable? more believable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew where this was going. <laughs> than him falling out of this pipe and living. <laughs> I would rather a spaceship flew by and he'd landed on it and it dropped him off somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but he survived. Yeah, I... <laughs> Chris, it's, and, it's and, on but, film. We, we all saw it happen. He survived. And not only, he, and I don't know why or how they decided. I don't know how they filmed this or why they made this decision in filming. Do you see when he falls? Yeah, why is he like in a star? It's weird. Yes, he's like catapulting <laughs> around. Like maybe if you wanted to say that he like did a perfect dive, that mm. somehow I still wouldn't buy it because you would be like hitting concrete at that point. Well, okay, so I had a thought about that. So you, they talk about when you land on water from a great height, it's like concrete. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. they say that, and I totally get it. But this is different because the momentum of the water that is also hitting, so the waterfall or the, you know, whatever you want to call it, that is, um, there is no surface of the water at that point, right? You know what I mean? It's like the water is always being pushed down. So you're going with the momentum. I don't know the the scientific way of saying it, but I don't think hitting the surface of the the river at that point is like hitting concrete because of the it's like it's almost like you're in someone's slipstream right you know you you kind of follow it in and i i i take your point on that but you then uh, drown as you're churned in in like the washing machine tumbling of the of the yeah he's i mean what's he eating like a cold scrambled egg sandwich Mm. in two days anyway but when he's falling down i mean i'm thinking okay is is the is the flow of the water preventing him getting mangled on the surface of the dam? Yes. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Because, but why are his arms and legs out like that? I, I, I'm going to increase the chances of my limbs being ripped off. <laughs> I don't... Why are we even doing... Why don't we just finish now? This film's so terrible. He's... Well, I was going to say... Th- this is my last complaint, actually. Okay. Just um, getting a bit cool. me with Alien, it's quite a. It's quite a big yeah. one, though. You know, like yeah. Richard Kibble should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you know what? Oh, maybe I'm going to adjust. Maybe my, maybe everything that happens after this is his imagination. It's his, his, it's his fever death. dream. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick theory. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just imagining as he as he's falling to his death. I, I'm going to go with that. I like that. All right. Okay, so the rest of the film didn't actually happen. No. Good. Everything works out <laughs> just fine. Fabulous. Mm. All right. Yeah, I have something else to say on that. Mm-hmm. So it's after he's Peter Panned off mm-hmm. the off the edge, um, and it's when they're leaving or they're trying to leave. It's so <laughs> it's brilliant. So they don't know the way out. They're, they don't, why, this, because this, why would why you? Why would you? Yeah. This scene is so good because it doesn't need to be there. But they're just they're shouting at each other that they don't know the way their way out, and they're getting quite stressed and it's quite funny. Um, but it's just a just a normal life kind of thing, yeah. which, which, as I said earlier, it, it for me it heightens the kind of just the the down to earth nature of this film. Mm-hmm. It works, it works really well for me. I mean, there's a lot of incidental stuff which which I like, but this is perhaps the top because I Tommy Lee Jones is very good at dealing with this or, or portraying this kind of irreverent kind of off the hand kind of insults and comedy, yeah. and he's very good at doing it. Um, probably because he's just making it up as he goes along. But uh, yeah, nothing shows it 
um, as well as this little scene here. Yeah, I like his crew. I like the I like the the Gerard's like gang mm-hmm. of uh, whatever they deputies or whatever. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one last thing about the the scene is um, we see Kimball in the river and he sort of finds his way to the bank and climbs out of the river. That's actually Harrison Ford in the water. That's mm. he's he's actually doing that. Like That's crazy. Yeah. No stuntman. He's just neck deep in a flowing river, fighting his way through broken branches and tree limbs and stuff to get to the bank. It's awesome. So I was thinking about this. Yes, it's it's brilliant. Was there a move to just stay there and let the river take you as long as you could manage it? Too cold, I'd say, probably. We, can, we, yeah. don't actually, we also don't know how far he went. He might have gone for ages. Actually, there is a, I didn't. I thought that as well, but there is a scene, there is a shot where you can kind of see the dam in the background. It oh. looks like oh, okay. a couple not of far. miles, you know, mm-hmm. not far. Okay. We'll take a break. Obviously, this podcast is called Don't Forget the Small Stuff. And I can see here on our planner uh, spreadsheet that we're, we're going to skip a whole ton now because there's not a lot of small stuff. <laughs> this movie's got a lot of big stuff that we're not going to focus on. So I'm going to skip to quite a bit um, down the movie. This is after the whole scene with Copeland and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to point out just a little thing that I like, a little detail that they put in. Um, they're in the marshal's office. And they're analyzing the call um, that Kimball made to see if they can figure out where he is. And I love that the agent that got kidnapped by Copeland, mm-hmm. he's still holding his ear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. Nice little detail. Like, and the whole point of that scene is that they're trying to listen to the call really closely. He probably can't hear <laughs> it properly. No, he can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. fired a gun basically yeah. right in his head. It's the scene after that where he goes to meet his, fr- well, his friend, Charles Nichols, uh, and he, he gets, he asks him for some money. And then later Nichols says, um, I gave him, only gave him what I had on me, just a couple of bucks. But it must have been more than a couple of bucks because from that money, he was able to rent a basement apartment and buy a new and outfit, buy yeah. new, outfit yeah. new, new clothes, new jacket. Well, not new, but yeah. you know. The guy's loaded. So, yeah. A couple of bucks probably yeah. means $500. Yeah, right? yeah. So I just want to acknowledge that he gave him a lot more than just a couple of bucks. Chris, um, there's a montage. Uh, you've just labeled it on the spreadsheet everywhere. Montage, Kimball and agents. You're going to have to decipher what you mean there. Um, it's uh, There's a montage of, of Kimball. He's, he's going around trying to solve the crime. Yeah. And the agents are going around trying to track him down. Um, I just had a couple of notes here. One was um, there's a there's a I, I really like this. I don't, I'm, this is for sure done intentionally by the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show an overhead shot of the train, and then they show Kimball on the train, mm-hmm. and then they show the agents driving in a car, and out the window you can see a train in the background. That's great. And the implication is Kimball's on that, like they're right close to him. Yeah. Um, so I just like that little, the real subtle, nice it's, little. It's the proximity thing, isn't it? They play on that a little bit with the phone call scene because they talk about 
the 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 bell on the such and such station that's only six blocks from here you know they're so close to him and yet they still don't know where he is and all that kind of stuff so yeah i think that's a great point by the way i i uh i didn't put this down in the notes but i'm just going to say real quickly and this isn't a complaint on the movie because all <laughs> sure? movies do this all movies do this um from what i understand it's not how tracing calls work it's like when 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 you call me on my cell phone it doesn't like have to take a little while to figure out like supposedly it's pretty much instantaneous is what i've been told is that with cell phones no or i is... think that's with all types of okay. phones yeah. but by the way that's not Those what they're that's not what they're doing though they're not tracing the call well they do do they oh no sorry no, that's don't. later they, on isn't they... it no no that's later on when he's in um Sykes's apartment oh okay yeah yeah, so yeah. i've jumped they in do. no they only do that because hmm Okay, no, he yeah, calls maybe. them Sykes' apartment oh, and then leaves, okay. it, leaves it off the hook so they can trace it. But you're right. Okay. It is, it, there is a suggestion that is length of time. But are you referring to, Chris, are you referring to cell phones as opposed to no, landlines? It's, it's landlines. It's, okay. uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody is listening will write us and say, no, you got this completely wrong. But from what I understand, that, uh, that the whole keep them on the line mm. bit that all movies do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just not true. It's just it's just a trope people make to for to build okay. drama. So they know where the call is coming from almost instantly. Yes. Yeah. You... All right. Okay. Well, maybe we do have a telephonics expert listening. You know, we get all sorts listening. So maybe. Yeah. I, used to work, I used to work for a mobile phone company. Yeah. I can tell you a little bit about. I'm not going to, but Good. I could tell yes. you a little bit about cell coverage. But no, let's move on. I do have one more thing. Yeah. Sorry, just go. To, uh, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Not in the opening credits, but in the movie. So, uh, who is Jane Lynch? I don't. I'm not. I you have to oh forgive my gosh. me. Uh, she's the she's the blonde woman. She works in the lab. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the tall. She's the in, tall uh, doctor. One of my favorite comics, Best in Show. Mm-hmm. She was in um, Glee, a TV show that yeah. was really popular. Okay. Uh, she was in Forty um, Year Old Virgin. I know who you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just. She's not in the awesome credits. Actor. Not in the credits, no, not... Well, I would think at this point in time, she probably wasn't all that well-known. Yeah, but... Oh, you mean you mean the opening credits rather than, like, the, the, the credit credit, yeah. Credit, yeah. yeah, she like was in... Dan um... Moore's name popped up, and I got excited. Mm. Jane Lynch wasn't there, otherwise I would have got excited, too. Yeah, I'm quite a fan of hers, mostly through Glee, but she's also popped in to Only Murders in the Building a few times. Yes, that's um, right. She's pretty funny in that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's funny, because awesome. she's, she's got... Um, She's got not a small part, you know, she's got a few lines. I'm surprised she's not. But like you say, she was probably nobody back then, mm. maybe. Uh, I did also read that they had planned a romantic interest between the two, between her and Kimball, and then mm. they dropped it because they thought the audience wouldn't like the idea that Kimball has moved on from his wife, so they dropped it. I, I, would, would, I, I also that, yeah. I would not have liked it. I would have hated him. I yeah. would have hoped he got caught. Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you've also got something to say about when they uh, go back to the hospital to uh, investigate. Or maybe he goes back to the hospital to investigate. Yeah, I just, um, when he goes back to the hospital, <clears throat> an ambulance drives by in the background. And I just wonder if he was thinking of stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> just is for old like time's sake? Well, is he like a man-eating tiger? Has he got the taste of blood now? Like. He's stolen an ambulance once, and now he's just like every ambulance he sees, like an addiction. The yeah. the power of the the lure of the ambulance. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I wanted to mention um, the sequence in the hospital with when he basically like saves the little boy mm-hmm. whose name is Joel. That whole sequence with Joel is lovely. Yep. But Julianne Moore's character tells Al, one of the other doctors, to check the film on the kid. He does not. He does not check the film on the kid. Why does this doctor not do what he's told does to he do? Does he pick it up and then someone else talks to him and he doesn't really look at it and puts it down again? I don't, I, he, he checks his chest. He stethoscopes him. And, you know, Kimball's standing there going, check the film, check the film. And he doesn't do it. I, I have a problem with Al. I don't like, I don't like he's not I doing don't his like, job. I don't problem. like his glasses. He has a bad moustache as well. <laughs> But the whole sequence with Joel is lovely when he mm. talks to him about what he, you know, is he a, what does he say? Is he a baseball player or something? And then, mm. how are you doing, Carol? Just, yeah, where's your mom, Pat? Oh, no, is she home? She's with my brother. Your brother, are they downstairs? Oh, no. don't you worry, we'll get hold of her for you. What are you, football player, baseball player? I love that whole stuff. Uh, well, let me so let me push back a little bit here, and I, I again, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining with the movie because I'm not. Oh, you are. <laughs> well, I get I, heat for this every mm-hmm. time. <laughs> is is Kimball too good? Did they make the character? I mean, he basically risks being caught and going back to prison without his investigation finished to help this kid. Um, I don't know. Did, did they need to make him... Well, everybody around him is a screw-up and selfish and and not good at their job. And he's, Is he perfect? Uh, yeah. And I think that's fine. I'm okay with it. Is it fine? Okay. I, I, get I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was asking as a legitimate question. Yeah. It doesn't I, it didn't bother me when I watched the movie before. I just popped into my head when I was watching this time. I think it's the I think that's kind of the point though, right? You can't go against your core programming. You know, you you do you do the right thing. And I guess that's that's if that's who he is, you gotta be true to yourself, I guess. I don't know. I'm making Is it essential to the sense. movie? No. The fact that he helps him is how they get on his trail again, isn't it? Yeah, they um they well no because they've already been they've been to his house the the apartment at that point I think or have they no, yeah because no because I think I think prior to that they've been in the the apartment because they found out all the mm. uh, the the what do you call it the falsifying gear that's yeah. not the right word yeah for yeah they're making a, <laughs> making fake IDs yeah, yeah yeah um Desmondo his name was um so I think it's after that because that's the ID he's using in the in the hospital because yeah. he, he takes it off him or she takes it off him I should say yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right I think that's how they get back on the trace but mm, no not really no. It's, I tell you what it is isn't that the scene where they realise he's um, he's been looking at prosthetics in the prosthetics oh department? that's right because they follow that guy yeah. um, who's wearing incredible trousers um, <laughs> into, the, into the prosthetics place <laughs> good yeah, yeah. All right, you. So Chris, yeah, you've written Chris. Uh, Kimball searches. Gerard starts to get it. 
I just think it's a funny little joke. It's when he's searching through the apartment. Um, oh no, sorry, he's searching through the hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, they just they we find out that uh, the the one armed man was charged with armed robbery. It's just a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then um, he goes. And it's it's that scene, isn't it? When he goes to the jail, they go and visit the jail. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, mine is, uh, we've got a category for physical comedy, but um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' reaction to the door being locked as he's chasing him out is, is brilliant. He's he's literally up in arms. That, oh, well, when they don't open the door straight away yeah, yeah. after he escapes. Yeah, I feel like he's a little bit Nick Cage sometimes in his physical comedy, yeah. uh, in his, the, the way he moves. He, he hams it up quite a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he does a great job there, mm-hmm. emphasising his displeasure at the locked door. <laughs> And then there's the parade, the St. Paddy's Day parade. Yeah, so... Um, well, hold on, hold on. Oh, go on. I, I do have a little bit about... Because that's the scene where Gerard fires his gun. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I, I put down in my notes, like, if this were the Untouchables, you would have fired blindly into the stairwell. Yeah. <laughs> and if it were It's a Wonderful Life, you would have fired blindly into the crowd. So, <laughs> so Gerard's showing some restraint. By shooting the bulletproof glass? Yes. I mean, one can only assume, though, that... Was he expecting to hit Kimball at that point? Was I mean, yes, he was going to kill him. I mean, he'd shot him like five times in the face. Yeah, God, that would have been horrific. Yeah, by the Gerard is a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm. mean, he shot Copeland without even looking. Yeah. So we move on um, to the parade. So Kimball gets away. Um, Gerard finally gets through the door, and I guess it's the St Patrick's Day parade. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently that was largely improvised, right? So um, they had permission to film. Yeah, the, but the, the parade is legit. The yeah, parade, the is, parade actually is happening. The, yeah, yeah, and they had permission from whoever organised it to to film uh, in certain parts of that parade. So uh, Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones are, are basically just told to get on with it, uh, and everyone else is kind of aping on what they're doing because mm-hmm. um, it, it's so well done because. It's not scripted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it works so well. You know what it's like? Is we talked about this on the last episode when we talked about, you know, if you've got actors that know their characters, mm. you actually don't need to give them a lot of direction potentially because yep. they will just do what their characters would do under those circumstances. And that's such a good example of that, isn't it? Yeah. There's a great moment where before he gets to the parade, when he's walking, he's basically walking through the crowd on the parade line, the crowd on the parade line. There is a guy who must recognise Harrison Ford. Yeah. Or is it a woman? I can't, someone, I think that she just, he or she just stares right at him as he mm-hmm. walks past. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my God, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and at the end, um, when he, uh, Tommy Lee Jones turns around and kind of jumps yeah. a little bit to try and figure out where he's gone. Yeah. And the guy at the back of the, the parade is staring at him. He turns around and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's brilliant. But what's brilliant about the guy that recognises Harrison Ford mm. is that it works in the movie. Because yeah. he's recognizing Richard Kimball, according yeah, okay. to Okay. All right. All right. So fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only person that does that, by the way. Yeah. The, he like literally all of the cops in the elevator when he's going up to the jail. None of them recognize him as Richard Kimball. Amazing. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Where are we? Uh, the parade. Then. Um, yeah. Uh, Kimball breaks into Sykes's apartment, Andy. Yeah, he does, and. Um... Just before that, we see uh, it's kind of after the um, 
the parade. So I guess Kimball's staying somewhere else at this point. Uh, and he comes out of a door of a, an establishment. Very briefly, we see him leaving somewhere. Okay. Um, and the sign above it says, Hotel, Men Only. Oh, yes. What's that? I'm men, not going in there. It's a men only hotel. What? What is that? <laughs> what does that mean? Is there an implication there? I don't know. What, who has men only hotels? I can understand female only hotels to a point. Oh, really? Uh, Chris, got any experience well, of men only hotels? I, I don't, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, I think that, you know, because this movie's made what? Is it 90, 91? 91, yeah, 91, 91. Yeah, so. This is like a relic the at the end of an era, right? Where it, it just could be like the idea like of men and women in the same hotel be like well that's that's uncouth. Yeah. Well the quality of the establishment suggests they wouldn't care. Well, and I was I, I want to be crude about this, but could it be the sort of establishment that rents hotel rooms by the hour? Oh, yeah. that kind of situation. It's quite, well, a bra- quite a brazen sign, though, isn't it? Yeah. If that's the case. Mm. Well, anyway, yeah. I just... I, I mean, especially over, over here in the US where, you know, we have our Puritan roots that there's a lot of men-only clubs and women-only... Um, yeah, go on. ...kind of uh, <laughs> institutions. So yeah. I, I just can see it. Yeah, I, 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 okay, I get where you're coming from, Chris. I don't think it's that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I, do, I don't think it's a classy enough place to uh, yeah. think that it's like um, got those sort of uh, I, morals. In I, I would put, I would, I would have my sign say "gentlemen only" or "gentlemen's club." Okay, mm. "gentlemen's yeah. hotel." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like something else yeah, completely. Like, yeah. and, and, but it's uh, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Kimball's gone to Sykes's apartment. Then the the law enforcement show up. Mm-hmm. My only thing to say about that is the way Sykes goes with something like, "What is this? A trench coat convention?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's he's figured that line out or thought about that line twenty years ago, and he's yeah. waiting for a time to use yeah. it because yeah. like no one like it drops like a like lead balloon. No one cares. Yeah. He's like, "Yes, I finally said it," and everyone's like, oh, fuck, "Or every time he says it, every time." And yeah. like yeah. no one's impressed exactly. anymore. Okay, Sykes, Some, yeah, we got one it. day someone is gonna laugh at this yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then Chris, you wanted to talk about uh when Gerard goes to see Nichols. Okay, so th- I think this is me being dumb, so I need you guys to help me with this. Because Gerard confronts Nichols and Nichols protects um Kimball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wh- why? Why is he protecting him? I had the same question. Okay, so I'm just trying to remember the conversation. So uh, I think he's not protecting um, Kimball anymore. I think he's protecting himself. I think he's... I, I can't quite... Because it's in the like the lobby of the hotel, isn't it, I think? Is that right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, it says it's in the convention. Oh, he, he, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's... Well, yeah, okay, I, so here I just had a theory pop into my head. Yeah. Can I... Yeah. And this, I just thought, so maybe is, is Nichols wanting Kimball to stay out of jail so that he can have Sykes kill him to shut him up? And he's worried that if Kimball gets caught, he'll figure it out 
and implicate him from prison? I, I, I guess, I guess that's it, isn't it? Like, actually, the longer Kimball is away from law enforcement, maybe for Nichols the better. You know, Nichols doesn't want the cops to, to get Do Kimball. they? The thing is, though, right? He has already been convicted of murder and sentenced essentially to death. Mm. I, nothing yeah. he's going to say is going to change that. I don't really understand. I've got to mm. say, I don't understand it. Why not just say, oh, yeah, here he is. Here's Kimball. Because ultimately, you know, he, he then has to go through a harebrained scheme of getting in touch with the hitman again and yeah. potentially implicating himself again in some way by leaving some trace back to him. I don't get it. Fair enough. Yeah. Man, this movie sucks. Maybe he's conflicted. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, like I mean, I literally. Maybe, you know, no, he's not conflicted. No, maybe definitely he just not. wants Sykes to kill him to wrap it up. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to tell myself. Maybe he's then going to just drop Sykes in it. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping you guys were going to answer that better. No, Shame I, on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will, I'm happy to leave, I will happily take We normally come to you for the deep thinking, Chris. Yeah. You can't <laughs> expect us to come up with that sort of stuff. So more or less my last piece of small stuff is when we meet Bones, the guy in the records, mm-hmm. whatever, the records room or whatever he's in. Mm-hmm. He's just... He's just in his own little world, Bones. Bones seems like he's like stoned to me. He's just so <laughs> detached from from everything. Like, like whatever happened to that thing with your wife? Wait, what? Do you not like? <laughs> do you not read the? Do you not read the papers? Do you not like watch the news? But this like, this, this record you need from seven years ago. Yeah. I know exactly. Where so that is. that's that's my point: is that he is he is in his own little world. Like he rules his his domain mm. like a well-oiled machine, but anything outside of that, he's not interested. He's just—I I really like that about him. I mean, it's a, just a nice little character thing, isn't it? Well, I might—I'm going to maybe ruin this a little. You bit suck because <laughs> this ties into my next point. Because after the so he has that moment, and then after this, the marshals come and visit him. Yeah. And his attempt to cover for Campbell is the worst. Yeah, well, that's that, that, that's my point. It's well, like he my, has no my, idea what he's doing in the real world. My question is, is Bones dumb? Like, <laughs> yes. Dumb. I think Bones he's, is either dumb or poorly written because that's a bad line. No, I think he's socially inept. I mean, he runs a really tight ship in his in his um, records. Yes, he's uh, great uh, with the records. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I mean is that like, he's... You know, okay, maybe he might be what is it, neurodivergent? You know, maybe he's on the spectrum or something, and you know, he's okay. he's well suited to this, but his social skills are, you know, slightly slightly off. I don't know. I love it, but I like that about him. Dude's got three lines, and we're character assassinated. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Just saved the day. He saved Bones. I yeah, like it. I love Bones, but also uh, Jesus other- Bones. What are you doing? <laughs> I haven't seen Doctor Kibble. No. <laughs> I mean, I think even even the guys, even the like Gerard's guys, were like, "No, what are you doing? Why are you giving him away?" Um, and there's one other little thing I wanted to point out in that scene. Uh, the agent, um, I, I in my mind, he's Agent Kenny G, but um, he's the one that got his ear yeah. shot into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ear's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's fine. He's fine in that scene. He's he's recovered. So okay. his name is Newman. That's right, Newman. Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's that scene earlier on where he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newman. So, 
I assume it's Nichols calling Sykes. Yeah. Right. I don't like Sykes at all. And I, I like this line even less. When he answers the phone and says, yeah, talk to me. I hate people. <laughs> oh, God. I, what I tell you, if any of you ever, have I ever seen you answering the phone to that, I'm disowning you. I t- oh, what? I'm doing it next time you phone me. I just That's what I'm saying. I'm just going to put the phone down. Because <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you. I mean, like, I hate it. Yeah, talk to me. You know what it reminds me of? And it's not not quite the same, but it's just an unusual way to do a thing is uh-huh. when in Fast and the Furious, Hector says, they call me Hector. Yeah. Yeah, no one says that, mate. No one, no one introduces themselves that way. And there's a line in Top Gun where he says, talk to me, Goose. Everyone says, talk to me, Goose. But yeah. what, about what? Yeah. It's lovely weather up here. Yeah, talk I mean, to what, me. I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, I've got nothing to say. Otherwise, I would be saying it. I don't need your permission. For t- <laughs> <sighs> That's why I phoned you, mate. So I want to talk to you. You're stopping yeah. me talking to you by saying talk to me. I'm having to wait longer. I don't like Sykes. I don't like him. No, I'm with you. All right, Chris, take it away. Yeah. All right. So this is me for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I, um, I wanted to point out in the fight on the L train when Kimball's and Sykes are fighting, mm-hmm. if you watch the extras... Like, they obviously were told by the director, do not move at all. (laughs) Like, if you even budge an inch, it will distract the camera from the fight. They are so still. I rewound and watched it a second time. They are absolutely still. They may be dead themselves. I don't know. Which is hilarious, because if there was a fight, you would react to it. Right, yes, exactly. You'd be like, get away. I'm getting out of here, yeah. It's it's funny, I saw that. And again, it's kind of hard to see what they're doing because of the way the camera is is jumping around a little bit. But it looks like someone's taken like the the prone or kind of crash position and it's just, I don't get it. Would you behave like that? No. So then we move on. Kimball confronts Nichols at the convention center. And um, then it's, the, the big race, Kimball and Nichols fight, and it's the big race for Kim for uh, Gerard to see if he can find and arrest um, Kimball, or, yeah, before the cops kill him, because yeah, yeah. they think he's a cop killer. Which, again, the cops are just brutal in this movie. They're so bad. But um, first of all, would you guys agree the fight goes on too long? Yep. Um, when, which bit of the fight? Where are we talking about here? Like... The whole, the whole thing because they they fight in the room. He hits him with a chair, and then they go up on the roof. It's like um, yeah. you ever played any fighting video games, right? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes in fighting video games, if you hit someone in the right way in the right place on the screen, you go through the wall or through the scenery, and you're suddenly in another place. But the why continues. do they traverse through the hotel? I don't want to. Like it's like in three places. Mm. I don't need that. Okay, what? so that's an agreement and from you. Just- it's just not a fighting movie. Like these aren't two action heroes. Yeah. Like I, can you imagine dogs. if you guys had a fight? How long do you think that would last? Oh, I'd, he'd he'd deck me in about two seconds. I'd be down. I reckon you'd get hit, punched in the face like once or twice. You'd yeah. break your wrist it, it or would, your knuckles. It, yeah, you'd have a bloody nose, and it, you'd stop because it's stupid. It would be more more like the fight in Bridget Jones's Diary. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'd just be flailing our arms blindly as we looked away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pulling hair, you know. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think it is overdone. You don't need it. But then the other thing with this is I also wanted to know, why is Kimball fighting him? 
Um, you've got them. You, 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 so you what do you do then? If, if you can't, if, I mean, he's fighting you. So what do you do? Go turn yourself in. Get away from him. Run away. Don't stay in. I mean, I guess he killed your wife, but. Mm, yeah. I mean, there is that. There's the revenge part so of it. The, the revenge. But otherwise, I'd be like, you got him. You won. Yeah. Go turn yourself but in. Sykes actually killed. Him, I think, I mean, that's the bit that surprised me. Because Sykes actually killed his wife. And he's got mm. him on the train. Okay. Yeah. He's got to get out of there pretty quickly, right? But he's there and he's, he's handcuffed up. He does smack his head against the door or the, the yeah. wall of the train. Mm. But that's the bit I thought he would take out more on 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 on, on Sykes. But yeah, I don't. But it's the, I agree, it's the man behind the man, isn't it? That yeah. Um, and then the other thing. So in that fight scene at the end, um, Nichols pushes that that I beam. Oh my god! Yeah, and it hits uh, Cosmo. Cosmo's Cosmo face. face. Yeah. Oh my god! It's... So just in the real world, that kills him. Like you think. Yeah, it's a movie, so I don't mind it in a movie. But yeah, that's you. You get hit in the face with an I beam. You're dead. It looks so painful. It's actually really yeah. well shot. By it, the way, what is that beam? What I is it doing? I don't know. They're in the laundry. Well, I think they're in the laundry. What's going on? Why is there a I thing like if that? If they're going to build walls and use it as a support or something, I don't know. But it's massive and it's dangling. Yeah. For some reason, it's on a, something with locomotion that you can just push it around. <laughs> that seems so, pretty dangerous. I mean, a well a well placed punch will kill you. Mm, okay. So uh, he turns around means, and he instantly yeah. hits him, and it, the the bar doesn't slow down at all, which just Directly tells you the, the amount of inertia mm. and kinetic energy in that bar. Oh man, it's mashed his face in, isn't so it? It's, Cosmo's Cosmo's dead. Fine. No, again, I don't blame the movie for that because, I mean, all movies that have ridiculous, you know, people get knocked unconscious, and two minutes later. Or, up and wander yeah. back mm-hmm. perfect condition. So yeah. movies take liberties with that stuff all the time. I just wanted to point out in the real world he's dead. Okay. Um, Do we know he's not? And yeah, just, we see we see him. We he's see in him the later. car. He yeah. hasn't even got a bloody nose, no. No, we see him. Later. He's got a bandage. Oh, that's fine then. It's yeah. You tell. It doesn't say like come like tell Gerard I'm going to take a vacation or something. I can't. Few my leg, my head hurts. Yeah. I've got a headache. All right, and then my last bit here, and. This is going to actually kind of be a good segue, Jess, into the stuff you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. It's almost a backhanded spit wipe. <laughs> Wait, where? Um, in uh, so after Kimball defeats Nichols, yeah, he like lifts his arm up, and I'm like, is he going to do it? Is he going <laughs> to backhanded spit wipe? And he doesn't. He like wipes his forehead or something. Okay. He, All right. He well, does a motion that I thought it was going to happen. Okay, we'll hold that thought. Like, Uh, Let's take a break. All right, let's move on to the categories, starting with the quick hits. So surprisingly, for a film that is largely surrounded about a group of people trying to find a single person... I don't think there were any uses of binoculars. Nope. No binoculars. However, Chris, you mentioned the almost spit wipe. Yes. I'm going to go one further. I'm going to say there was a backhanded eye wipe. (laughs) Okay. That that then becomes 
face. So when he, uh, when Kimball is in the river and he clambers out of the river and he, he lies on the bank. Oh, he does. Mm. He wipes his forehead, his eye and his nose with the back of his hand. That's, I think apart from Rear Window, that's the closest we've come. It's close. Yeah. So I just think it deserves a shout out. It's a backhanded eye wipe. Yeah, there's like uh, mud that comes down. Yeah. In yours or mine, I, I think I have to believe there were choices made to not go full backhanded spit wipe because, as we've discussed, <laughs> there hasn't been one since Jaws. That they perfected it, and nobody will ever do it again. Do, do we need to watch a film which we f- we feel is going to have at least one? Do we need to watch? I don't know, Smokey and the Bandit or something. Oh, that- yeah, nice, good, good shout. Someone where someone is chewing tobacco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <sighs> Mm. Trains and automobiles. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, that's a good movie. All right. Steady. Anyway. Steady on. Okay. All right. Um, bad ways to die. So I, there's a clear winner. There's a clear winner. Because two people die in this. Well, no, because there's the, all the people on the, the train as well or mm-hmm. the, the bus. But apart from them, there's Copeland who gets shot by Gerard and there's Helen. I mean, I think it's it's... It's undisputed, right? Helen yeah. is the worst way to die. Yeah, I think so. It's protracted Can I give a as well. Nominee? Hmm? Can I give it a, a different nominee? Yeah. A Kimball falling out of the tower of the drain. As <laughs> <laughs> established, he did die. And this is all, a dream, so all right. And up. what about what about Cosmo getting hit in the face? Cosmo is on my <laughs> list of getting Cosmo steel bar to the face is yeah. complete agony. Is my note. I just don't understand how you survive that. But there we are. <laughs> Well, right. Falling out of the pipe would suck the most because you're gonna—he falls for a long. <laughs> like he's gonna have time to kind of um, question his life choice. <laughs> Why did I do yeah, this? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have fallen out of that pipe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fine. God, way to undermine the category. Jesus. It's like we don't take this seriously at all. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get back to more serious matters. Andy. Andy's hat. Okay. There, there's a lot of hats. In this movie, it made me happy, and it made this hard actually. Uh, I'm going to start with um, not. I've got a few nominees, yeah, and then I've got the the absolute winner. So, um, the the homeless kind of homeless man hunter's cap thing that uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's blue, it's light blue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. light blue. That's uh, that um, Gerard, Gerard is yeah. wearing, uh, and the bus where they get uh, Copeland is is quite a look. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mention that one. Um, the terrible plastic velvet bowler hats they're wearing at the Patrick, St. Patrick's Day party, oh, uh, parade are pretty... The one that Kimball yeah, wears. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Um, um, there's a slightly... It's almost one, actually. Right at the end, there's a reporter wearing it, like a tartan baggy flat cap. Oh, it's <laughs> yep. really good. It's like a 1920s golfer. Amazing. Um, but the winner, by some margin in the end, is... Uh, Rossetti's flat cap. You see it right at the start, and I think you see it halfway through again. I can't remember the scene. It's the worst. Okay. It's the worst. <laughs> Imagine buying a flat cap, um, which has been ironed. It's brand new, so there's got no, there's no, there's nothing, you know, to bend. There's no wear and tear, and then you've ironed it, uh, and then taken a mould of that, and then made it out with like metal or something. <laughs> It's, Are you saying it's rigid? It's the stiffest, least... It, oh, I, where do they get it from? No one would wear that. It's the most rigid flat uh, cap. It's worth going back and looking. It's okay. terrible. You see, it's like literally in the first scene. 
okay. when we see him. It's the worst, and he wears it halfway through again. So Rossetti, Rossetti. who, yeah, what yeah. a guy. Uh, his flat cap is terrible. Okay, let's visit Audio Corner. Um, shall I go through some nominees mm-hmm. like we usually do? It? Okay. So <clears throat> I think the music in general, like the the soundtrack, if you like, is very 90s film score. I mean, it's it's sort of it's rousing, it's um, orchestral. It's just it's great. I'm, I love the music in general. Uh, there is an incredible moment. Speaking of the music, when they get in the helicopter to chase the ambulance, and it really gets going. Ambulance just spotted two miles west of Doverville, heading north State Highway 53. Running out of map. It sounds amazing, so that's a brilliant moment. Um, when he's dreaming, when he's uh, he's like he's covered himself in leaves to sleep, and he wakes up from the dream, and him shouting, "You find that man!" like echoes. Mm-hmm. He can't find the guy. such a good moment because it's a great you know it, it references back the the scene in the interrogation room mm-hmm. right that you referenced earlier and it kind of it uses that great audio from there and when richard shows up at the convention center when nichols is giving his keynote speech there's a murmur amongst the oh, crowd i mean you know it's a good murmur chris i know you recognize a good murmur don't you i love murmurs yeah mm-hmm. so this is that's a good murmur uh, and for me, my winner is, I'm going to say it, and then you guys obviously throw in any others that I haven't mentioned. It. So my winner for the audio corner is uh, the fact that when they are on the helicopter, they are using headsets and not like in almost every other film ever made, just talking to each other without headsets because actually helicopters and airplanes aren't very loud and you can just talk normal <laughs> volume. If you've ever been in a small plane, like a little two-seater or four-seater Cessna, or if you've been in a helicopter, you can't hear anything. It's right. really loud. <clears throat> so you have to have the headset. And this is one of the f- only times I can remember in films this being done done correctly, to the point where I would actually like to make a new quick-hit category of um, the use of headsets in a small aircraft. Can we do that? Can yeah. I get... I know, I, I agree. Funnily yeah. enough... It literally is um, my winner as well. Oh, excellent. Legit voiceover radio in the heli. I think that deserves a fist bump. It is. Not only is it realistic, it's brilliantly done. It sounds cool as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can can hear him talking like through an external mic, but the overriding audio is the radio version of Tommy Lee Jones. Brilliantly done. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so cool. Is that right? Cosmo, get on the horn. Bring Vex moving in from the south side of that viaduct. Well, he's hauling 
and crisp and, and authentic. Makes you wonder why the films don't do oh, it. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. That was your winner. Huh? Well, mm-hmm. Nice. I'm going to go a completely different direction here. Uh, my audio corner, it says on my notes, anything sound related. So I'm doing two lines of dialogue. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite thing about those two lines, and this goes back several times in the pod, you guys have mentioned about knowing your character and how much that plays into quality filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to um, Hollywood legend, each character had a multiple page speech Yeah, that they were supposed to deliver. And Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones boiled all of it down to those um, what would it be? It's eight words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they knew their character. They're like, Our char- my character wouldn't make a speech here. And they knew what their characters were. And so they just, and it's iconic. It's just, yep. it's a perfect summation of mm-hmm. two people. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. It's yep. great. Good shout, Chris. Um, I, I just have a couple of nominees yeah. that um, I wanted to give a fair mention to. So when they're checking the um, listening over and over to the, the audio of um, Kimball's phone call, mm-hmm. um, they do a rewind scrub a couple of times. Yeah. And it makes the kind of the great. I'm not going to do it. I almost did the noise, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of an elevated train as opposed to a train that's running along the ground. You must have ears like an eagle. Play that back. I want to hear the sound of an elevated train. All right, wait a minute. Now, what cities have L's? Uh, New York's got an L. Uh, the high speed garbled phone call. There we go. Thing, Thank yeah. you. I like that. Uh, and the other one, um, I feel like this was almost a category for me anyway. Why, oh, why do computers make noises when they're returning <laughs> numbers or text? No. No computer's it's ever a, done that. It's a mechanical sound when the search results for how many yeah. people yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> nothing else on the it's screen clicking. makes a noise. It's clicking. Yeah, yeah, nothing else. Text disappearing. Yeah. Um, but no, when that number comes up, it's clicking like a ticker. <laughs> what, what is that? Oh, can, I, can I say this real quickly? Mm-hmm. That this movie, again, for our younger viewers, is old enough that computers were basically magic to us back then. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it would make a clicking noise to, to signify that it's found stuff. Sure. I don't know how a computer works. I guess it would. Yeah, why wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is good. a, it oh, is a, so good, Andy. I don't like it, but it makes me laugh now mm. to the point where, and it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Um, I don't know what it's for. There must be something in movie making um, uh, folklore, which says if you've got like a number and by the way, numbers don't do that. They just they just appear. They yeah. don't go. Oh, I'm down fifty. I'm going to count down to yeah. twelve. They don't do that. Imagine running right, a financial report and like, oh, I want to see how much money I've made this month, and it starts at fifty billion dollars and goes down <laughs> to seven. <laughs> like, when am I going to stop? It's like a quiz show. <laughs> you would say that again, Chris. Suppose there were two hundred thousand people on the initial. Exactly. Yeah. How long? How long would you be waiting? Well, that's the other thing. That, the box is not big enough, right? It's, it's like a tiny. It's like an episode of Pointless. Yeah. Where's it going to stop? Oh dear. Anyway. Uh, Good. Excellent. All right. Best looking scene. 
Uh, right. I think I'll start with you, Chris. What have you What have you got as nominees of any, if any, of best looking scene? And what's your winner? I mean, I, I can't even believe we would even have a discussion. They they, they crash a train into a bus for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they film it. <laughs> are we going to nominate other things? Oh, I've got something. Connect? I've got multiple things. I've got several. I'm yeah. sure there are tons of cool aerial shots. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Lots of real cool aerial night shots, especially in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But they crashed the train into a bus, so that I'm I'm done with this discussion. Okay, good. Fine. Okay, that's your fine. You don't even want to hear what we've got to say, do you? No. Anytime <laughs> you crash a train into a bus and film it, you win. Okay, that's a rule. All right, now stop well, talking. I mean, it's Andy. a fair rule, isn't it? I think it's a pretty good chance. But I'm going to name some other ones here. First of all, so when they um, they get a when when he's stolen his first ambulance of many, um, <laughs> they they mobilize pretty quickly. So the helicopter uh, chase ensues, but then we see a police cruiser shoots off, and there's a brief shot, um, probably from a helicopter actually, where the cruiser is is going along the road um, next to the river. So the river's in the foreground, mm-hmm. the 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 cruiser's like in the middle of the frame. And it's bombing along the road, and it looks great. Yeah. Got the muted winter tones, and it just looks a really good, mm-hmm. really clean shot. I like that. Um, there's a bunch of cool shots during the, the helicopter chase. Yeah. Really, really well done. There's that swoopy, swoops in between the trees as the, the ambulance is coming towards us. Uh, there's another great shot when they are coming out of the dam. They're walking down, I guess, a tube. It looks really sketchy, actually. Tommy Lee Jones and one yeah. of his cronies is coming down. I, I, it's a giant pipe isn't it yeah, yeah. Giant, yeah it just looks that looks really good really yeah. well framed but my winner actually is when they first arrive at the um when they first arrive at the um the crash scene they they come off i guess they're in a are they in a bus or a car i forget what they're in they, they get out of that and then they walk down toward the river right so it's the first scene you see of the, the kind of aftermath of the crash and you've got the train some of the train remains on the left-hand side, and there's like, uh, I don't know, construction workers or something trying to cut it apart. It's, it's, it's a night, so there's sparks coming out of it. And on the right-hand side of the frame, you can see the river, but just in the top corner, the the police helicopter is hovering like feet above the river, and it's really cool. So you've got this, this, the moonlight, which is on the, on the river, and then it's all shimmering, and then you've got the helicopter kind of silhouetted but backlit, uh, it looks so cool. So that's mine. Yeah. Rather specific, but um, yeah. That helicopter just puts it over the edge though, doesn't it? It yeah. looks so awesome. Mm-hmm. Chris, so I'm going to list off a bunch of uh, nominees as well, whether you like it or not. Are any um, of them, do they involve the train? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So there's an aerial shot of the crash site, uh, yeah. like the next morning. Looks incredible. You kind of referenced yeah. it, Chris, also. Um, but actually, immediately after the crash, when... When Kimball has kind of taken shelter from the crash under the that little bridge that he hides under when the train's crashing above him, and then the crash has all happened, and he comes out from under the bridge, and he is underneath one of the carriages, mm. and there's this just like enormous like machinery above his head, all this metalwork and the the wheels of the train, and it just looks incredible. At the where are they? It's like the county jail, you know, where he goes to see Driscoll. And they have the the chase on the staircase, like what's um, Gerard sees Richard and calls his name, and then they run down the stairs. Yep. And Kimball comes out of the near staircase on the ground floor, and the camera instantly snap focuses mm-hmm. back to um, Gerard and the other guy coming down the other staircase. 
It just looks so, they, they yeah. film it so well. That's I really love well that done, bit. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think my winner uh, is this is probably the first time that um, an incident instance in a film is going to be a winner in two categories for me. Um, but I'm going to keep a secret what the next category is. Uh, when the helicopter lands at the end of the tunnel and Tommy Lee Jones is stepping out of the helicopter before it's landed. Mm-hmm. So it's just exceptionally cool because it's framed in the arch of the tunnel and it's mm-hmm. freaking helicopter landing. And then some unbelievably cool guy is stepping out of the helicopter before its skids are even on the tarmac. And he's got his he's getting mm-hmm. his gun out and he just looks amazing. So that's my that's my winner for best looking scene. Is that okay, Chris? Can I have that one? Are you, are you hey, listen, it? all your guys' nominations are awesome shots. Yeah. <laughs> my choice is where they crashed a train into a bus <laughs> and filmed it. I don't think you've mentioned that, Chris. Could you tell us about that one? <laughs> you, it's like you're saying Grace freaking Kelly. That's what it's <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> Uh, okay, the Monsieur Mendel Award. Andy, you go first. Uh, you know, I'm looking at my list and there's... I nominated Bones. Yeah, good. <laughs> because I, he's, I, lo- I love him, but he's terrible. <laughs> I, so, As but previously I, discussed. Yeah, yeah. So it's not him. It's actually Deputy Newman. Oh, Newman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've gone with Newman. Uh, a couple of reasons. Firstly, his reaction to being almost shot at. Well, shot at. Uh, a gun very close yeah. to his head. That little conversation they have afterwards about, you know, you, you know, you could bargain could, with could him. Bargain with him. Yeah. Um, that. And then later on in the movie, he, he puts his hair in a ponytail. And yeah. then uh, uh, Gerard, I think he's on a phone call with him, says, don't let anyone, uh, you know, mm. make fun of your ponytail or something yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, Newman wins for me. There are others, but um, yeah, he was my favorite. Okay. Chris? Uh, the lying sack of crap guard on the bus. Oh yeah. Um, which you mentioned was also you, you knew him from another show. He's in Office Space. He's also in Glory. Okay. And it's interesting he plays a lying sack of crap in Glory as well. So he's the quartermaster that won't give the oh the regiment their their shoes. So um, typecast. Okay. So he's your yeah, guy, he's huh? Amazing. He's your favorite incidental character. Oh, maybe he's a lying sack of crap in real life. Maybe that's why he gets typecast. Whoa, 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 Maybe. <laughs> no. He's good at it. He is very good at it. I got a few nominees, but for me, oh, well, no, I'll go through my nominees. I mean, it's the most incidental of all incidental characters. Billy, the valet at the club, he he's, in, he's on screen for less than five seconds, but Charles Nichols says his name twice. <laughs> he says hello billy and then gives him his like gives him his clothes yeah. he gets in the car and he goes thank you billy <laughs> gives him some money and then, so the guy gets name checked twice and he's hardly in the twice. film excellent it's so good um i love his landlady i love the tour she gives of the house mm-hmm. it's like it's it's uh it was she's like um here's the bed plenty space you can look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the tour. So good. Here is this apartment. You can see here's heater. You will have warm. Here is kitchen, sink. Over there is bathroom. And here is the room. It's nice bed. Plenty space. 
you can look at. Uh, but for me, this is perhaps also uh, another first. My favourite incidental character in the film, I think, is also an incidental character in Richard Kimball's life, even though he shouldn't be. He should be literally the most important person in Richard's life, but I think he's utterly incidental. Walter, his lawyer. What mm. a, You said, Chris, at the beginning, I didn't mm. want to kind of respond to this. You said, whose fault is it? Is it the jury or is it the police? No, it's it's Richard's it's lawyer. Walter's. He's hopeless. No. He's absolutely hopeless. He's just a wet blanket. There's a scene of him in the in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there like completely listless and just like utterly like a wet blanket. It's brilliant. Mm. And like just make a case. Yeah. Like, your client is innocent. There's a one-armed man. You know all of the stuff that Richard knows. You know where the join was. You know like the dates that he would have had to get it fixed. Yeah. You have all the information you need. Just flipping make a case for your client. And all he can do is like, oh, Richard, yeah. as your as your lawyer mm. and your friend, I'm telling you to come and turn yourself in. Just, oh, God. He's and, so incidental. I, I will also point out, too, that um, Kimball's rich, right? I mean, he's a... Mm. Yeah, thoracic surgeon. Yeah, so so I'm assuming Walter didn't come cheap. No, exactly. That's my. You paid a lot of money for this worthless lawyer. Yeah, the only time we get any indication that any any level of uh, diligence was performed by him was was we Sykes mentions that he was questioned like about it, like wherever, whenever it was. But that was the police, wasn't it? Well, I guess they must. They must have got to him somehow. Yeah. Actually, just I, that line should not be in the movie because I think if you just stupid, mm. I think that actually makes the case for it, it actually being worse than it is because I think if they'd spoken to him and actually done their job properly, which they yeah. clearly didn't because they're terrible cops, yeah, exactly. they perhaps perhaps would have joined a few lines up. Mm. Anyway, so anyway, yeah, um, my incidental character is incidental in more ways than one. That's um, I'm quite pleased with that. Both you guys, bravo! Those are good. Those are. You've made up for your uh, incidents with Dean <laughs> and done done well. Yeah. Incidental character. <laughs> Best location, Andy. Uh, one and only the dam. Yeah. Apart from the jump from the end of it, I mean that's dumb. But I think everything else is cool, like what we leads up to the I, dam and the running around the yeah. dam and and things that happen in the dam. Mm. It's just the way we leave the dam sucks. Yeah. So. But then also you get the cool shots of, like you said, then walking down that yeah, pipe. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. And yeah, the helicopter above the water. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I agree. That's fine as well. That's awesome. All right. So I've got a list, none of which are the dam, but that's fine. Um, Chicago. It's yeah. a cool, just a cool location. They make it look amazing with the yeah. river and the overhead shots and. Yeah, you're right. You're you're curling your lip. It's quite vague, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that's the that's the beauty of I the just category, say isn't it? Earth next time. Yeah, do it. Okay, do it. Um, Richard Kimball's house. It's an awesome house. Mm -hmm. When they go back later on, it's uh, Cosmo and Gerard, um, and they're walking up the staircase, and you get a but kind of a better view of the the view from the other side of the staircase, and they've got that kind of balcony that wraps around mm -hmm. the the open ceiling area. With mm. the bookcases all on the side, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a house. It's fancy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do we like the view from Deputy Gerard's office, looking down the the um, Michigan Avenue and the river, and it just looks great? Do you think he would afford 
they his job would would you know give him that kind of space i think it's a municipal building it's a municipal office i think it's fine i okay. know what you're saying though it's a bit fancy isn't it it's, it's quite nice it's prime mm. real estate mm. um it's us month yeah the uh the hotel where they have the the convention you know the 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 talk that nichols is giving that's the chicago hilton it's an incredible building it's enormous i've walked past it multiple times but I'm, listen, I'm going to call, I'm going to be a cop out. I'm going to say Chicago is my best location because it's a great Chicago uh, film. Fair, you know we, the Untouchables, for example, that was a great Chicago film. But I feel like this does an awesome job with it as well. Okay, the Vince Fontaine Award, Chris, favorite uh, moment of physical physicality, physical physicality. You know, what I mean. um, it's going to be hard to exactly define this. Um, maybe you guys can help me a little mm-hmm. when. Ford is injured at the beginning after he jumps um, and he or after uh, after the train crash mm-hmm. and when he before he steals the ambulance stuff where he sews himself up. Yeah. I just I love because a lot of times guys like in movies, guys will get injured and then it's like, well, you wouldn't be able to use your arm or mm-hmm. you'd have trouble mm-hmm. breathing. And I feel like Ford sells it that like he's he looks and is acting hurt. Yeah struggling in those scenes and i th- i just think he did a great job of portraying just how much stress his body was under yeah according to imdb trivia he actually was hurt he had a limp he had hurt yeah he was due some uh, surgery on his leg but postponed oh, it postponed it till after so shooting now so so the limp certainly is uh something that he was uh, living with at the time yeah, but you're right chris he's kind of he's holding his side isn't he he's got his arm yeah. tucked in and yeah i think he does a great job with that uh, so I love the the jump that he does off the bus before the train hits it. That like sideways jump that he does. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, when um, Gerard says uh, at the very beginning, the first time we meet Gerard and he's like going through um, where they have to go looking, you know, and set checkpoints of 15 miles and all that kind of stuff. He says, your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. He does a little head wobble. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a he's a hoity-toity doctor, this guy. Yep. Yeah. And I love that little head wobble. Um, I had them walking down the drain, the pipe at the dam as one of my there physical moments. But mm-hmm. no, my winner for best moment of physicality is um, Tommy Lee Jones stepping out of the helicopter before it's even landed. I mean, yep. that's a badass thing to do. Like, it's terrifying. Being in a helicopter is quite scary. And he made right. it look like it ain't no thing. You know, especially when you're, like, literally outside the helicopter and the the rotor blades are still spinning around and you're still kind of in the air. Um, and he, mm-hmm. he does it awesomely. So it's that's my he's, win. He's that focused on what he's, he's about to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if I could just point out really quick, Jess, about your um, the head bob hoity-toity. Mm-hmm. It's quite a gesture for somebody who... Office is one of the most like prized pieces <laughs> of real estate in all of Chicago, yeah. right? I uh, Andy, Vince Fontaine winner. Yeah, so I've mentioned previously um, Tommy Lee Jones' reaction to the locked door, which made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. But the winner, I'm surprised no one, no one picked this up, actually. Mm. It was um, when they're uh, busting the house for Copeland um, and they're, they're searching through it and the guy's got Newman. Yeah. His movements, his head duking in and out of the door frame to see oh, where he is it's yeah, so Tommy Lee Jones. good it's so good yeah. yeah yeah he does it really really quickly like three or four times to find out where he is before he shoots him mm. <laughs> so good yeah he, he moves like a real cop mm-hmm. or at least a really competent cop yeah, he does so, like, so that's your winner yeah yeah, yeah. easy 
Tommy Lee Jones. I knew before I'd even watched the movie again that would be it. So nice. Mm-hmm. What uh, what souvenir would you take from this film, uh, Chris? Uh, the arm. <laughs> I do, I've got the arm. I've also got honestly, the arm. They're, they're creepy as heck, right? Yeah. I just prosthetics yeah. nowadays with like composite materials, they look less like. I don't know. I, I feel like it's they got horror at, movie vibes yeah, on, on prosthetics yeah. of that era. Like, kind of wooden and painted that really uh, fake skin colours. I love Ooh. that all three of us have said that <laughs> the one on man's it. arm. I don't want it. Yeah. It's on there. I don't, I would, I oh, would, you, you're not saying it? Oh, no, it's on my list. Okay. But then I'm like, is it a bit creepy? Yes, the answer is yes. Oh, I'd mount it and put it up on the wall and yeah. be like... I'd, I'm not coming that? to your house. No, no. Have you ever Wait. seen The Fugitive? It's the arm. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Okay, Andy, you're you're not going for the arm then. What are you going for? No. So <laughs> I've got a couple. Um so not the arm, although it is on my list. Um Kath, the the what's her name? Jane, what's her name? Kathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's got a badge that says hate is not a family value. Yeah. I really like that. Um, I saw that. I would put that on a um mm. like a pin board, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I might take the um, the dark and natural box, which is the hair dye that he uses in the dirty sink. I like that. It's a guy. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, but I think actually I'd take uh, Desmondo Jose Maziz's uh, fake pass. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think I'd yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the fake pass. Yeah. I like that. That's really good. You weren't tempted to take his blue cardigan from the, the guy's cardigan that he steals? No. No, okay. No. That cardigan like serves him well though. Like he jumps into the river from a dam in in I, that cardigan. That would looks like it soaks up a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, as well. I know. Yeah. All right, so you're going with the the fake pass, fake yeah. pass, Desmondo's like fake pass. That's good. Where you at, Desmondo? Mm-hmm. All right, call me Bronco. Coolest look, Andy. Yeah, I'm not sure coolest ever ever quite matches the things I picked, mm-hmm. uh, and it, the same is true here. Mm-hmm. Because I have mentioned before, I have mentioned uh, the homeless dude gear that Tommy Lee Jones wears. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to mention Charles' outfit when he leaves the North Bank Club, where he, where he talks to Billy. Yeah. He's wearing the worst tracksuit and a terrible, <laughs> like, kind of sweat top that's buttoned down to the, the chest. It's yeah. blue with white stars on it under a tracksuit. What, what are you doing? <laughs> this guy's a wealthy man. Yeah. Um, I've also mentioned the guy they follow to the prosthetics department. He's wearing incredible clothes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but um, I'm going with um, Gerard's shirt, jeans, and red waistcoat outfit that okay. he wears for a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, the red waistcoat is a bit weird. It's a bit festive. It's, it's slightly. It's woolen, right? Yes. It's, I, it's, it's knitted. It's an odd choice. Yeah. Um, but he pulls it off. So yeah. Okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna just I'm gonna pick that up where you where you left off there, Chris, because my my winner and it's terrible. He clearly likes a, a red uh, top because he's got a red body warmer at one point. He does no sleeves, yeah, very bright red body warmer, um, and so I'm going with that. Okay, that's that's my winner. But I also want to mention the woman at the fundraiser who's got a pearl necklace, and this might be a thing that I'm just ignorant of, and that's fine if it is. But she's got a pearl necklace. But it's tight against her throat at the front, but it's hanging down her back. It's like she's done it wrong. Oh. Yeah, it's like yeah. like normal. And but then 
Helen Kimball, she's wearing a pearl necklace and the pearls are dangling at the front. In but this woman's got way. the pearls dangling at the back. No. I just think that's a really, I don't know, maybe it's a thing that I'm not aware of, but it strikes me as slightly odd. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just want to shout that out. No, my winner is, is Gerard's body woman. Chris. Um, all right, so I'm going to say my runner-up first. Yeah. Um, it's Sykes' trench coat, <laughs> which it's funny because he complain he calls out the trench coat convention, and then later on he's wearing that trench coat. He's, he's yeah. stomping around mm-hmm. looking for Kimball. He's a hypocrite as well uh, as a yeah. bad guy. In, can I just exactly. point out, in that trench coat, he looks like a pile of kids pretending to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Kids on each other's uh, shoulders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... I, I'm gonna have to. I mean, I just I'm, I'm gonna run the risk of like, just being the small stuff pervert that just picks the best looking woman in nice clothes Do it. every time. Do it. I'm going with Celia Ward at the party in that black dress. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah. She uh-huh. looks absolutely amazing. Yes, yeah, she does. So. That's, That's fine. Don't worry, Chris. There is no risk of you becoming the small stuff pervert. Not when me and Andy are around. I was going to say, not when you're <laughs> okay. one. Not whilst you're the host. But anyway. <laughs> no, it's a good shout. I mean, she looks amazing throughout the whole film, pretty much. Apart from when she's dying, which is unfortunate. Although she yeah. does look pretty good then, to be honest. <laughs> Slightly less, less colour in her face yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah. All right, let's, let's finish, as always, with closing credit. Okay, so the first thing i'm going to mention um is so who comes up I, i'd like to speak to someone who comes up with character names because cosmo's surname is renfro yeah what cosmo renfro it's like they've <laughs> generated like a random character generator until they've just come up with a word they can say okay. so <laughs> listen on that okay like renfro for me is okay as a surname cosmo as a first name, like it's just. I mean, if you remember on the Bridget Jones's episode, like my my favorite instead of a character was a guy called Cosmo, purely because of his name. Cosmo. Yeah, it's a ridiculous name. Cosmo Renfro. If your surname is Renfro, don't, I don't know. You go with a, no. a forename that ends in another O. I agree, hundred percent. So anyway, I wanted to mention him, but my 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 real winner of this category is um, a chap called Bernard McGee. He's credited. He, well, he's already won because his name his is Bernard. Bernard. I like the name Bernard. Uh, he's he's credited. I'm fairly certain I've chose this this credit before, but I'm going to say it again. This is is more amusing than it initially seems. He's credited as man, <laughs> right? So, so, literally, man. Is he staying at the hotel? I don't know. I I've, I cannot trace back man to any person in the movie. Who knows? <laughs> okay, which man is he? I don't know. Of all of the men. Um, so he's he's. Um, bear in mind that we've got some people with lines, you know, audible lines they deliver who are not credited. We've got Bernard McGee as man. Um, so what I normally do is I, I look up the characters and I look up the the, the credited uh, characters that I can pick from, and then I'll click on their names to see what else they've done and see if there's any amusing story mm-hmm. behind them. The funny thing about Bernard is that this is his only film ever, so oh, he's yes. done nothing. You just imagine in 20 years' time, he's 10 the grandkids. Like, yeah, I was in a movie once, kids. Yeah. Oh, what'd you play? What'd you play? I played man. <laughs> man. I played man. Do you know him? Man. Which one? Well, you know. I don't get it. I don't understand why they don't put more context. Because there's like girl at bar. Yeah. Um, right. Man. Man on train or something. There we go. Man in on under 
with yeah. man know. who looks at Harrison Ford on the street. Yeah. Man. Imagine his agent phone that I've got a great role for you. It's man. <laughs> um what? I mean Billy got his name checked twice. Yeah. And yeah. Man. man yeah. Doesn't get his own. Bernard McGee. All right. Well well done, uh, Bernard McGee. You're with your only credit. Andy, just real quickly on long uh I just happened to click because I was curious. The the guy that plays the landlady's son. Yeah. It's also his only movie he's ever been in. Oh wow. Is that because yeah. he's a drug dealer? Well, he's in jail. He's in jail. I mean, he might. Well, I mean, it's like a, there's a real news reporter, and you know, we talked about all the things that were real. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was a real drug dealer from Chicago. <laughs> maybe Bernard McGee was a real man. Maybe he was actual a real man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. There we are. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna head out and go steal an ambulance. All right, Smart well, move. Okay, I mean you've you know you've got history. Uh, we actually don't know what film we're going to be doing next, so it'll be a surprise to us as it is to everybody else. I'm going to say it'll be something festive. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Christmas is coming up. Enjoy the next couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. 